0: Hello, and welcome to episode number 274 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me, as always, is my brother, Mike. Hello. How's it going?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good.
0: We are back with uh, not in the cinema this week, which is always a shame. Strange. Yeah, we have been the last few weeks. Um, but no, this one's been... We haven't done this in a while, actually, where we've kind of had a movie on the back burner for, for at least a few months. Um, yeah,
1: it's been there for ages, hasn't
0: it? Yeah, because kind of, it was at Fright Fest and it was kind of on our radar since then and kind of came out on demand. Um, I've seen the Blu-ray knocking around. But yeah, we're finally going to be discussing Demonic um, shortly. Uh, but oh, and also we're going to be talking about TV later because... This week's episode of Chucky. um, Yeah, a lot happened. Uh, We're going to do our usual kind of we'll have to throw up a spoiler alert to talk about it, but that will happen right at the end of the show um, for if you've seen uh, this week's episode of Chucky, um, because there's a lot to discuss. Um, I've been watching a lot of other TV as well. Fair enough. Um, time. but yes, starting with the news, there's only really one news item this week. Um, which is a pretty, you know, it's not even a massive one really. Um, and then I kind of wanted to throw in some box office stuff here because I was saying a while ago how I wanted to do this towards the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. and now seems to be the perfect time since so there's like nothing else to talk about. Um, and kind of this is semi related to the one news story as well. Um, which is basically the, uh, last night in soho um of course which is uh one of our favorite movies we've covered um will be released on demand this friday wow. um yeah so november 19th um you will be able to stream this movie at home um after all the delays yeah the blu-ray hopefully will be not too far behind um but yeah just a mere three weeks after opening in the cinema mm. um which i mean first and foremost i guess to start with the positive like it you know if you wanted to see this movie and you unfortunately couldn't make it to the cinema then obviously this is your next best option Mm -hmm. um you know buy this movie support this movie and enjoy this movie um but it is sad because this was clearly not you know the plan um this movie hasn't done well at the box office at all, which we'll get into shortly. Um, and it's really disappointing. You know, it's one of those few occasions where I am super, super bummed out when I think about how much this movie is underperformed um and kind of what it means for Edgar's career going forward where just he's not going to be able to take these big projects um you know an original horror movie with a budget like this to not make mm. its money back is is going to be like a blotch on his career and it it sucks it really does because he doesn't deserve it first and foremost like we've seen directors take swings um and miss and it's still a shame you know but whereas this is like no he hit a home run and he didn't get rewarded the way he should have um, which is just a bummer all around, really, um, yeah, I'm really bummed out. like yeah,
1: like uh, any movie deserves to not have this happen it's it's Soho, and um yeah, you know when he's when he's taking such a risk for the genre as well and and the fact that yeah, now he may have to like look around a bit for a next project, you know mm. it might not be as easy and and he's gonna be a bit you know definitely more scared to, to be in this genre again it, it brings mm. up
0: oh yeah like yeah as far as horror goes I, i'm almost convinced that he's never going to make another horror movie which mm. like yeah that alone is sad um mm. let alone like his overall career which i which i'm more concerned about um but yeah, I guess going into kind of, you know, to, to make it even more disappointing, let's look at how some horror movies have done this year. Um, this Yay. isn't, you know, completely disappointing because there is some big movies on here that we did very much enjoy, um, that were awarded. And so the highest grossing movie of 2021, um, is one we enjoyed, which is great. Um, which is a quiet place part two. Um,
1: yeah. it is great. currently
0: yeah it's currently sitting at 297 million dollars um all of these numbers i'm gonna report are in dollars and the worldwide uh, revenue um so yeah just under 300 million um the original did 340 um and again kind of to say right off the bat obviously this is a very different world we're living in right now in 2021 that's that's wild that's a that's Mm. a huge success It really is. You know, we talked a lot about on the podcast about the delay and how much it killed us, you know, getting it taken away from us for, you know, six days away. But like, ultimately, they were right, um, because they never would have made this sort of money otherwise. And so it is great to see, isn't it, that this movie was rewarded. Yeah. So yeah, good, good. That's a good one. Uh, next up is, was The Conjuring released around the same time earlier this year. Um, that made 201 million. Um, again, compared to the previous Conjuring movies that made about 320 million. Um, you know, it's, it is, it is down, but like you say, it's, um, expected. I think what's more impressive about this is like, the conjuring as a franchise has been sullied over the years with okay. numerous spin-offs that aren't good um and of course this was kind of the first conjuring without james wan attached yes. and it's and it still made a lot of money um and it was a good film as well so yeah i'm i'm i have no qualms with these first two films making the money that they did um but sadly next up is halloween kills um, which of course is no surprise that it's kind of one of the highest grossing movies of the year um i'm sure we'll still make some money because it's still in the cinema um as are a few of these movies that we're going to discuss um but yeah 130 million um pretty decent for a horror movie um obviously 2018's halloween made about double that about 255 um, which, again, it was a different world. I'm sure they're happy with this. Um, it mm. did release day and date on Peacock in the United States yeah, as that's, well.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing that's, that's
0: huge for that one. Mm. Um, like I say, I'm sure they're happy with this, and I'm sure it's not going to change any plans regarding Halloween ends next year, and I'm sure they're, they're thinking that that's going to be a bigger movie. Um, next up, number four. This one really surprises me, and, again, is another cool one, because it is the highest-grossing original horror movie of the year, um, which is old um so old made 90 million worldwide which you know when you look at the lack of star power i think the lack of marketing as well yeah um a bad trailer you know let's just say say how it is did not like that trailer loved the movie um and it made 90 million which again comparing it to m night's two previous movies split made 278 glass made 246 so he has proven himself in the genre that he can make a shit ton at the box office recently mm-hmm. um and i think that just kind of shows you that even one of his lesser movies with no star power still makes a ton of money um so that is one director that i am happy with because yeah he's not going to struggle to make it to finance his next no, few projects um which is great uh, next up was Candyman um that made 77 million um i think that's a pretty decent money uh you know Decent figure, all things considered, really. Um the only comparison that you can kind of throw out is Get Out and Us both made mm. two hundred and fifty five million, funny enough. Um, but obviously, you know, he directed those different. movies. Yeah. yeah, so it's you know, it's part of a franchise, but also those other movies never made any money. There's no point in me even looking at, you know, previous Candyman movies, box office figures. So I would say they're pretty happy with that. Mm. Um Again, another franchise movie, The Forever Purge, um, made just under 77, 76.9, in fact, um, which, again, it's, you know, looking at the previous Purge movies, it, it is the lowest grossing. Um, and it's, but it's the fifth one at this point. And again, and also that movie was dreadful. Um, and that,
1: that had no, like, uh, buzz behind it either mm. when it came out. You know, like, we weren't even sure, like, two weeks out that this movie existed. And then suddenly yeah. Came.
0: Exactly, I think that that just shows you that it is a ba- you know a bankable IP at this point. And mm. I think they were talking about it being the last one and they kind of went back on it. But I look at these box office numbers of these movies I'm like, they're never going to stop making these movies because they just make so, so much money. Um, next up is another one that kind of like, you know, I thought no one went to see ex- ex- outside of us and a few other people, but uh, Escape Room, Tournament I of Champions. Knew, I knew
1: that was what he was going to say. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just... It was marketed so much, that one. Mm, and, and, it was, yeah. You know, and I think with the whole kind of, you know, the, it's the opposite to having five sequels. The fact that it is a sequel gives it a bit more legs. So, yeah, I, I would have, I was going to put money that was what you were going to say next
0: yeah that made 51 million um the original movie made 155 million Mm. um but again that is so good for like again this kind of sequel to this random ass movie and again we talk a lot about like you know it being PG 13 helps massively. And I think it isn't, you know, it's not for the hardcore audience in the slightest. It's not for kind of like the, the movie connoisseurs, you could say it is more like the teen audience that are just going to go there, switch off their brain for 90 minutes and mm-hmm. then never think about it again. Um, clearly it serves that market, which is a mind blown number. When you look at some of the ones that we haven't spoke about yet. Um, you know, as you'll notice, two of our favorite movies of the year have still not to been seen yet. On I this know. List. Um, Next up is Don't Breathe 2, uh, 47 million. Um, Again, the original made 157 million. Um, Pretty good number, I'd say, considering, you know, they took they always wanted to make a sequel to Don't Breathe, considering how much of a massive success the original was. And it kind of took them five years to figure it out. Um, And I still don't think they fully figured out how to make a sequel to Don't Breathe. Um, But yeah, pretty good number. I'm pretty sure they're happy with that. Definitely not a failure. Um, and then this is when we start getting into like okay a lot of these movies probably thought they were going to get more Um, this next one certainly did uh, which is Spiral Um, obviously the big return of Saw, Chris Rock Samuel L. Jackson, this was primed to be a massive movie for Lionsgate and it was a massive flop Um, it made 40 million worldwide which you know in comparison to some of these other movies probably doesn't look as bad but the Saw franchise has been hugely bankable over the years Um, Jigsaw which at the time was considered a massive disappointment made 102 million dollars and that was enough for them to completely change the direction of the franchise for Spiral and it's worked out even worse this time Um,
1: it was a terrible I mean from the name straight away like you lose almost you know the the trailers weren't overtly like straight away being like saw movies you know it was Mm. trying to be so clever you know (laughs) it was it was thinking that that movie came out off the back of like saw three Mm-hmm. You know, and and everyone knew what Saw was, not like, you know, a decade after Saw was relevant, you're now going to do a movie called Spiral with Chris Rock and, and expect people to know it's a Saw movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was always going to be that way. But, you know, the fact that the movie sucked, it makes me less sorry for it
0: yeah for sure it'd be yeah because there's a couple more that's like oh it's such a shame that people didn't Mm. see this but um it's also worth noting it's only the second saw film out of the nine to not hit 100 million dollars um which again just kind of shows you what a failure it was um next up is one that definitely pains us both um which is malignant um which made just under 34 million dollars worldwide um obviously james James Wan's previous movie Aquaman made a <laughs> billion dollars. <laughs> um his previous horror movie of course was The Conjuring 2 which made 320 million dollars. So mm-hmm. about a 10th uh, of the of the uh the revenue of his previous horror film. Um great. which yeah super disappointing obviously the movie's great. The
1: ones, like yeah, it was part of the, the it
0: was part of the HBO yeah, Max yeah, deal in the yeah. states. Um yeah. so which again
1: has, you know that's destroying these films I think you know yeah.
0: Yeah, like those ones are the ones that you can kind of accept it a little bit. But yeah, there's certain movies on here. I mean, we we may as well get to the worst one, um, which is, yeah, Last Night in Soho. Obviously, was a cinema exclusive. You could only see it at the cinema. Uh, It had a budget of $43 million. And as of recording, it has made a paltry $16.7 million worldwide. Wow. Which is, you know, it's going to rake in, I'm sure, a few more thousand. But, you know, this is never getting to even $20 which is considerably less than the budget um Edgar Wright's last movie Baby Driver made 226 million dollars um Crazy. so it's it is an unbelievable flop um and i I truly mean unbelievable as well because it's like it had an amazing trailer you have a guy who for a lot of people is a big fan of and then you have one of the most popular actresses in the world Mm. as your lead right now you know and as well as matt smith and other faces who's
1: popping up in everything right now yeah
0: I know. I just don't understand why people didn't go out and see this movie. Something must have disconnected with people where they just didn't get what it was about with the title or or Mm -hmm. what type of genre it was. Like, clearly, something we can't see because we're so invested and we just saw the trailer and loved it and got it. But, like, something about this movie was a failure because it clearly wasn't the film. Um, So. It really does suck. Um, the last two are much more smaller movies, so it's harder to kind of discern whether or not these are, you know, successes or failures. But The Night House made 15 million. Um, the only other comparison is David Bruckner's previous movie, The Ritual, made about 2 million, which was obviously a much smaller <laughs> movie. Um, so, pretty big success for him, really. And obviously, he didn't have any big stars or anything in it, so I'm sure they're pretty happy with that. Um, and then the last one, which is, again, we'll show sure make a little bit more money, but is the movie we discussed last week, Antlers, um, made 14.5 million um which again kind of you know not no big name actors really or anything like that so it's hard to discern but yeah it's an interesting list isn't it obviously it's dominated by sequels as you would expect when it comes to cinema horror um obviously two of our favorite movies are towards the bottom of the list which is a shame um but then on the other hand i think old making 90 million is great and obviously a quiet place making just under 300 million is fantastic um yeah definitely yeah so it's a weird
1: Bums me out, man. Like, that's really Mm. sucked
0: yeah it's a weird one like going into this year and obviously you know i think why this is important is because if you want to see these movies first and foremost box office revenue does matter you know you don't need to care about it but if you care about movies having more than a six-figure budget then box office revenue does matter Mm -hmm. um and so you look at these numbers and and yeah you're like well who's going to be the next company to take a chance on a film like last night on soho you know who's going to take a chance on a movie like malignant um it becomes less and less likely when these movies aren't successes. Um, on the other hand, you know, someone like M. Night, who I think is a really creative and unique director, his movies are making money recently. And that's great news um, for a guy whose career looked like it was, you know, on its last legs, you know, a decade ago um, and has completely reinvented himself, which is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Like, I'm, I'm curious, kind of going into, the, you know, the new year. Obviously, we've still got Resident Evil as like the last big sort of cinema horror for the year um curious what that's going to make i mean it's coming out at a pretty terrible time um kind of sandwiched in between marvel movies and you know matrix and ghostbusters like there is a shit ton of big franchises coming out over the next two or three weeks and then you've got a resident evil movie coming out as well um i don't think it's going to make that much money to be honest but we shall no, see um well either, but,
1: you but know.
0: Uh, yeah that is the news this week Shall we talk about this week's film Let's do it. Let's talk about Demonic. So, yeah, like we said, obviously, this was a... Much smaller release um, as a sort of mm. horror movie. Definitely a smaller independent release, um, which is weird because obviously the director is a big name director. Um, obviously, Neil Blonkamp made you know his breakout massive hit, District Nine. Um, which was about as big as you can really have as a debut, um, kind of commercially. The movie mm. made a shit ton of money. Critically, it was nominated for Oscars, you know, which is very unheard of when it comes to science fiction. And um, the movie's fantastic. I love District Nine, um, and it really felt like the beginning of this incredible career for this guy, you know, coming out of South Africa. Um, and then his 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 career hasn't really gone i guess as you'd hoped or expected really um you know he's made a couple of other big movies elysium which i didn't really like um have you seen elysium
1: yeah i didn't i didn't go too far on elysium and like district nine i i like but mm. um i'm not in love with you know i i, I thought it was good mm. um but yeah kind of elysium i i, I didn't overly like chappy i wasn't you know crazy in love with Eva, and so you know i, I can kind of see why it hasn't like carried on because he's not done much since has he i can't think of anything no. he's done since chaffee until this
0: yeah there yeah that there is last three films right. um i really like Chappie. i know a lot of people really hate the film but i i really like it it's almost like one of those um you know guilty pleasures where it's like it has some terrible stuff in it some of the dialogue some of the characters um but it has a charm to it which i appreciate um but certainly obviously not on the level of district nine but yeah he kind of he made these big blockbuster science fiction movies with a-list actors in and then he kind of dropped off like i say that was six years ago um, yes, really. And I don't, you know, know the fully in and outs of what he's doing. I know his name has been attached to like so many different projects. I know for the longest time, he was going to reboot alien and that yeah. was kind of the big thing he was attached to. I know he was re he was announced to be directing a new Robocop movie at some point as well. So I feel like those are probably the two projects that have taken up the last sixty six years of time. He must have
1: been attached to various Hellraiser projects along the way. <laughs> yeah,
0: sure, yeah all, everyone is. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he became one of those guys, really, that, you you know, we t- we see that time and time again, you know, like Fede Alvarez, where it's like your name just gets attached to so many projects. And then you blink, and five years has happened, and you haven't directed a film. Mm. Um, and it can happen so easily, you know. There's the, the guy who's now attached to directing the um, the Metal Gear Solid movie, um, <laughs> who directed uh, Kong Skull Island. I, I worry that he's going to be one of those dudes as well, yeah. um, because he's a great director as well. But yeah, yeah, you he, go down that Metal Gear Solid road,
1: you're you're <laughs> probably going to get stuck in development
0: hell yeah exactly like at least they've obviously got oscar isaac attached to it which helps yeah, massively helps. but helps. who knows about that for project. um but yeah neil blomkamp you know this was shot during covid which i think yeah. is a, a really interesting and important element to this movie um where i'm sure he was kind of going stir crazy like a lot of people were last year and he kind of just wanted to do the thing that would make him feel at home which is make a film um so obviously this was done on a much smaller budget a much smaller scale than he's used to like i i haven't been able to find a budget for this one but i mean it couldn't have been you know if this was over like two million dollars i'd be surprised um because it's it's, it's it's, yeah, it's a core of about four to five characters. You know, it's a very limited locations, um, you know, special effects for sure, which will take up some money. But yeah, this is a surprisingly small little project uh, for Neil. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, what, what is this one about?
1: Yeah, so we are um, introduced to Carly, our main character, mm. who his. Um, Kind of like we we o- open with her having this dream sequence, and she's kind of plagued by these nightmares of of um who we soon find out is her. Well, pretty pretty much we find out in the dream sequence that it's her mother, and kind of her her mother's kind of um in these dreams is kind of trapped in this asylum and kind of uh asking for a help. And then when she gets there, kind of it all goes a bit sinister and dark and um. There's, a, there's a quite a lot of dream sequences in this movie with her and her mm. mother, and it's how we get a lot of that relationship. And we um, we then kind of join her in the real world, and uh, she finds out that, well, we find out, and she finds out that her mother is in a local um, kind of... Rehab center, kind of like medical mm. facility, because she's yeah, like kind an of,
0: experimental medical facility, yeah, kind of.
1: She's um, which like the more I hear about these sorts of places, the more terrified I am of like mm. an, an experimental medical research facility. Just just sounds <laughs> like terrifying. I'm sure that's yeah. where like the covid vaccine was designed but it's also it's also maybe where it might have been made (laughs) like it's it's kind of you know you don't know which way the coin's gonna go yeah
0: i don't think they um, do either
1: (laughs) save the world destroy the world who knows um and so yeah we find out that her mum has been convicted of kind of we know that they're terrible crimes and so terrible that, that carly has nothing to do with her anymore and um she has been asked by this kind of uh facility to to go there and um her mum is in a coma, but they have a way which will go into for her to be able to speak to her mm-hmm. her mum and they they ask carly to to go in and 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 speak to her mum to to kind of help them with their research is the kind of reasoning behind it um Which the the whole reasoning as to why she gets called there and kind of what that rationale is 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 weak. Uh, (laughs) It's just like, do you want to come talk to your mum? No, I've not talked to her in twenty years. Like, go on. Okay, like it's it's very strange. Um, you know, for someone that strongly hated her mum that much, she she really did fold quite quickly. Um, Yeah, there's a
0: lot of plot points like that (laughs) where it's like, how do we get A to B? And then it's kind of like, well. Ah, uh, we'll think we'll come Nothing. up with that later, and yeah. and then it's like um, oh no, the movie's here now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, Carly kind of arrives at this place, and we find out that we she she basically goes into a video game. Is <laughs> mm. <laughs> is the easiest way? It's kind of like this virtual world that they've managed to create. It's very Black Mirror, mm. where um, her mum's consciousness is, is living and uh, Carly can go there and visit her and interact with her mother and kind of come back to the real world and kind of tell the doctors what, what, what she saw. Oh, well, actually, the doctors can see what she sees as well and kind of experience yeah. a virtual world with her. Um, so we get this kind of trippy take on on Carly going into this virtual world, and then we get this very kind of interesting visual of what this video game kind of virtual world looks like and it's kind of uh, when, when it first happened i found it quite quite good and it was quite interesting to see but as we got in there more and more i feel like it it got less and less um the first like little bit of her kind of walking around was um you know, really, really clever and kind of jumping in and out. But then, yeah, I think later on it, it almost just felt like they'd put like a grainy filter on the camera mm. and that was it. Um, but, but yeah, and we kind of, I, I guess, basically, it, we start to to unpack kind of what happened to her mum, what caused her to have her episode where she cr- committed her crimes, why she's in, now in hospital and in a coma, and what Carly can do to to maybe help her if she if she chooses to. Mm. Um. And and yeah. Um. I I'm not even really being too precious with spoilers on this one. It's more that that's that's pretty much it. And then like yeah. we then just get to Endgame. Um, pretty much, and, yeah. And and yeah, I think. Um. Like for me, I I didn't I didn't really love this movie. I I, I didn't. You know. I I think the the video game virtual world idea is fine. But there's just not a lot of... I, I just felt no tension, really. I think opening mm. with a dream sequence straight away, I'm just like... like We've spoken about it a lot, but like, unless it's Nightmare on Elm Street, I just don't give a fuck about dream sequences. They They really annoy me. It's very clear when you're in them in a lot of movies and they just don't work for me. They're just jump scares for the sake of jump scares. And so kind of you know, we, we basically get an hour and 10 minutes of this movie, which is her having these dreams and then her going to see her mum in the virtual world, which the virtual world is like, there's a little bit of creepiness in it, but not really. Like the main, like, you know, tension of this movie is the dream sequences for, for an hour and 10 minutes. Um And then we get into kind of the final act and, and, you know, the movie then goes in a very predictable place for me and kind of in a place that, that I, I didn't really find interest in. And like I said, I found super predictable and um, by the end of it just felt pretty bored and pretty unsatisfied. Like mm. it, it kind of sucks, but that's just that's, that's how I feel about it.
0: Yeah. I, I pretty much feel the same to be honest with you where I I feel like this is so haphazardly thrown together mm. um, where you know obviously i can read about it but like it feels that way it feels like they kind of had a very limited idea um about this kind of simulation and going in there and speaking to her mom but then they never you know there wasn't the constant rewrites and there wasn't like okay why is that interesting and then how do we you know in the mid-act keep tension and then in the final act how do we kind of flip this idea on its head and kind of you know Uh, Subvert expectations that the viewer might have at this point. It's like no, it all it's all very consistent. Um, You know, with just her going and visiting her mom, and then like you say, these constant dream sequences where really not much happens in a lot of this movie. It is just a lot of her kind of slowly going crazy, um, Mm. which again is like a subgenre of horror that I don't really find that interesting. Um, Especially, you know, we talk time and time again. You have to have one of the most captivating you know leads possible if you're gonna do that as your movie um and the lead is just very vanilla from the get-go she's such a mere character like that i never really felt anything towards like i didn't care about her relationship with her mom i didn't care about her reconciling with like i think it's like i think they're both just her friends um it it was very very unclear yeah, yeah. yeah Initially, I thought it was like an ex-husband or something, but it, I don't think it was. I think it was just two nice. friends.
1: Cool friend. Like what, a childhood friend, yeah
0: yeah and and so none of that was interesting like the movie like what i alluded to earlier has so many big jumps in logic where they need to get certain parts like the like how she gets to the medical facility in the first place is so ridiculous like to begin with and then like the reason why she speaks to her mom is equally ridiculous the reason why she continues to speak to her mom is ridiculous and then at at one point we have her talking with this friend that male friend and we get one of the most hilariously egregious information dumps i've ever (laughs) seen in a film where he he's just like i'm just going to sit you down in a room and explain to you the entire mythology of this world and this company now so strap in because if you if you don't pay full attention for the next five minutes this is where we tell you everything that's going to happen in the film and why it's happening and it's like what an unsatisfying way of learning the story because the story isn't terrible like it's fine it's not great but it's but i don't think the story's bad in this movie especially you know what the facility is and why they're doing this stuff i'm it's like a little okay.
1: bit. it's not like you don't see that take every you know all the no. time like it could have been yeah. done quite well if definitely been like a
0: reveal Mm. Um, yeah if there was actual characters and you know like little reveals and it was piecemead to you and then by the finale it's all revealed and you'd be like oh this was their grand plan that's pretty cool but it's like no a guy just sits you down in a room and tells you it all for five minutes which is the most unsatisfying way to ever find it out so it's it is a weird movie like it's I think the movie's okay, but it's because it's so long. Um, an hour and 45 for a, a small indie movie like this, again, on paper, and I know we talk about it all the time, the whole length thing or whatever, but it's like that is long for what this is you know this should be 70 minutes um and it's like 105 so that that extra 35 minutes can kill your film it really can um because once we get the initial simulation um and her talking to her mom the rest of the middle of this film just drags constantly and it isn't until about 80 minutes into the movie when we get like the simulation again Um, which I like, like it's definitely my favorite part of the film. Mm. Um, I like the effect. I, I definitely agree with you that the first time she goes into it is by far the best time. Um, they do a lot more interesting stuff with the way she looks and the way the world is moving around her. Whereas yeah, the way know, the I, word,
1: world kind of loads in and stuff.
0: Yeah, I agree with you that the last time they use it, it does almost feel like they shot it completely normally. And then they were like, oh, shit, this is a simulation world. Let's just add this cheap filter to it to make it look a bit fuzzy. Like Because right. it, di- it certainly didn't have the quality that the first simulation did. Um, And yeah, by the end of it, I just wasn't, I didn't care. Like I was in the finale and I genuinely didn't care. Like what happened to the lead? What happened to the mom? What happened to the facility? I just didn't care. I was like, this is fine. There's some okay horror happening please let this be over because it's so goddamn long, Um, which is obviously never a a feeling you want to have in a movie. So, yeah, it's a a big disappointment. Not a massive disappointment because it's not like, oh, my God, I was really looking forward to this. But for a movie that I thought had a pretty fun trailer from a director whose work I have, you know, enjoyed quite a bit considerably, at least a couple of times, and him, you know, delving more into the horror aspect of it, like, this is definitely a disappointing movie. Um, I think, though, when
1: you spoke about the the fact that this was fully made in lockdown and it was kind of like a very quick put together project. Like it, it does just scream of that. Like, you know, yeah. the, the script just needed so much work, you know, because I think, you know, it, like I've never seen any of these actors in anything before, but like none hmm. of them, like I thought were terrible. It was just that the script was bad. Yeah. Like, like our, our lead Carly, I just knew nothing about her, and it's because the cast is so limited. we don't get to see her interact with anyone really apart from you know things that are trying to drive the plot or that are main people that are main characters you know and I think kind of when you think about something like Nighthouse that we saw mm. like that there's a low budget movie, but the fact that we got to see her in that bar scene and kind of seeing how she was like um you know messing with her friends but also like traumatized and upset still and it just like that scene gave me so much character development that then I kind of was rooting for her afterwards whereas I think like this there's just nothing Carly has a dream she then gets a text off a assuming ex-boyfriend but apparently childhood friend and kind of meets up and is like oh my mum's doing stuff okay I guess I'll just head to this medical facility um what was what was going on with her uh, her shell suit as well, man? <laughs> like that that was. <laughs> I was like, "What are you doing, love?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just but, mo- yeah, movies okay. like this are weird when they have these big time jumps as well. We talk about mm. this a lot, where it's like it was it was something like 20 years between like this big incident and, mm. and now and when you get movies like this again I know it's not the most important thing but it's just another aspect of why it's not that well done is like it needs to feel like they've actually lived those 20 years yeah. whereas this doesn't it feels like this incident happened and then all three of their lives have been on pause for 20 years until for some unknown reason now is when they hit the play button and their story is going to unfold hey,
1: Martin did a lot of research he did to yeah, be he fair agreed. he did
0: but i'm like what is i don't understand who carly is what she does for a living like i i don't she's just nothing no, like
1: she, she literally gets like three phone calls throughout the movie where it just says work mm. and she doesn't pick it up and like we just have no concept of what <laughs> she about does that. <laughs> and um you know and like her friend uh the female friend was it sam i think like she, yeah. Um, I. Thought oh, their she first fine.
0: meeting was really funny to me because I thought she was going to work because she gets up, mm. she has breakfast, and she leaves yeah. like quite early in the morning. Yeah. She goes to a friend's house and starts drinking wine immediately. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, that's baller. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and, and like, I, I was like, I, I kind of thought she was like a, a recent friend. So mm. we were going to have like Martin as the old friend coming back into her life, and then Sam as the recent friend. But then like. Yeah. Then suddenly, I, then she started talking about Sam and Martin, and I was like, oh, mm. shit. Like, So she was this childhood friend as well, and just one of them you, you've you shunned, and the other one you're still besties with. Um, yeah, and I just, yeah, like I say, the whole thing I found quite confusing, and I don't, you know, I think, you know, as you've said, you've enjoyed Neil's movies more than me, but I've certainly mm. not disliked his movies. But I think you can see that he's you know a, a talented filmmaker in you know like i say that first visual is cool and like the you know the, quite a lot of it that you know none of it's like terribly made it's just it's just not a great idea and yeah um, just very rushed you know it feels like...
0: unnecessary doesn't it mm. where this is the type of movie where i think if someone made this as like a debut and then you know yeah. kicked on it would make sense but for a guy like neil who like you say has just spent years being like i'm gonna do robocop i'm gonna do alien and all this stuff to then just be like i get it if he just wanted to prove that he could do it in covid but to me now that doesn't serve any purpose as someone who just wanted to enjoy a horror film no it's not like... we've like
1: movies like host that, that mm. proved it that were also great like, well, and also, you
0: know, yeah, we've seen lo- like all of Midnight Mass was filmed during COVID. Yeah. Like, there's been, there's been so many massive successes where they haven't let it hinder them. I can't be like, well yeah, they made a movie during Covid. Like don't get me wrong, it's fucking impressive. But like to me just sitting here watching the movie, it's completely irrelevant how it yeah, was made. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Um
0: so yeah, it's it's not a great one I think as far as I mean I don't really have too much else to say about this no. one to be honest with you. No. Um like I say for such a long movie, the fact that there's so little to talk about as well, I think speaks volumes. Um but yeah, as far as recommendations go, I, I couldn't recommend this. Like we've seen worse unfortunately <laughs> um mm-hmm. this year um but we've seen hell of a lot better and i think when you're discussing a movie like this in mid-november and as we do we start to look back on the year a lot recently mm-hmm. i know i have um and i'm very much ready to kind of quantify the year and then start afresh in a few weeks um I, this is one of those ones that just is so forgettable where yeah. it's like i have 20 movies that i thought were way better than this there's at least probably eight to ten that would awful that were worse than this and this just sits bang in that completely forgettable lower quadrant of a lot of films um so for that reason I, I wouldn't recommend it again i'm sure if you're really into your sci-fi melding with horror which to be fair i am like that was why i was excited for this like go watch possessor you know that melds yeah. science fiction with horror in such an like awesome way yeah I, for sure I
1: just, yeah i mean i just think with this it, it never had a spike in the needle Mm. Like there was not one like the the visual of that, vi- you know, the, the, the virtual world looked good, but never was I excited to be in that world. Mm. Um, it's nor nothing was interesting I, happens in it. No, nor was I ever excited to be watching this movie. My like if you'd have if you'd have had like a heart rate monitor on me while I was watching this movie, <laughs> uh, my heart would have like just been gradually decreasing. Mm. Like I had to pause this movie and watch other things to get my heartbeat back up because I thought I was going to be comatose if not like so yeah I I just wouldn't recommend this movie at all because yeah even movies that have angered me and and I've not or, or I've liked less probably had a you know spike in the needle a bit and and gave me something but this movie didn't give me a you know anything really um so yeah unfortunately it's 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 a no it's a big yeah,
0: night. It's such an inoffensive movie, isn't it? Mm. Where it's just it yeah. doesn't it doesn't create any emotion either way. Um, which I guess is kind of like the opposite yeah, like say, of any all, sort all, of all it did good was lower my
1: heartbeat. It just it just slowly
0: made me slip away. That's, that's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you like it made me think of other things there was yeah. multiple times i was watching this where i was like oh chucky's out in a few days can't wait for that like do you know what i mean i was just, i was constantly and i was like oh no i need to care about carly's story but i was like i had to keep yeah. reminding myself that because the movie wasn't doing it on its own yeah. um so yeah mm. disappointing this one um mm. but yeah that was our discussion of demonic uh we will take a short break and we will be right back So yeah, I don't know if we want to um, talk about it straight away, or if you have anything else you want to discuss first of all. Um, because I feel like we should do a throw up a spoiler warning for our Chucky discussion. Okay.
1: I, I can go into the, the TV I've watched beforehand because there's another there's another very big show that you won't be talking about or watching that has <laughs> now returned. Um, oh god! And I have watched the first two episodes of Dexter now.
0: Oh, okay. Um, that's all right. I thought you were talking yeah. about something else.
1: I know. I thought. I thought you. <laughs> the words that well. shall not be yeah. spoken on this uh, podcast. Dexter, yeah, Dexter. Uh, oh, interesting. Has has returned. Mm. um How long has it been? And, oh man, it must be like a decade. Really? Like, it's, God, it, it's, it's definitely. I think it's like fifteen years for the for the show. So right. That's, it could be like you know maybe have a look while I'm talking mm. about it, but. Um, yeah, it, it feels like, you know, certainly, certainly way of, you know, certainly 10, but it could yeah. easily be 15. Um, but yeah, Dexter, A New Blood has begun. Um, and I think it's like, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's definitely not like hit the ground with a bang, but it is just like kind of comfort food. Like I'm seeing Dexter. He's slowly being the Dexter I like. I don't. I don't dislike the world he's in like it's a it's a weird one where it's it's good but not great but like I'm happy enough and and like (laughs) um the one thing that that has annoyed me I guess like incredibly mild spoiler if you've not seen anything for for Dexter but um Jennifer Carpenter was was announced that she was going to be attached to this project and if anyone knows what happened over 10 years ago in the finale, her character Deb is dead in this world. And so the question was raised because it was a terrible choice that that season, you know, we've spoken about it before was a real, you know, it destroyed the franchise for me to the point that I can't watch the other seasons. Um, And so that's why I'm glad that this is just slowly building something back. Um, But but yeah, Deb is in this as basically just his imaginary friend. So <laughs> right, he, he oh will God. just So he's just in his house and she's there talking to him. Oh, and, dear. and that is by far the worst part of this, and it's I a hate shame. That so much. Because I love Jennifer Carpenter, mm. and I love Deb, and clearly everyone else does, but this is not, you know, this is not how you do it. Like if, if you were going to do it let let there be flashbacks or something and just have some cheesy st- if you if you really have to bring it back but mm. or, or on it but don't you know this this is the worst way to bring it back in my opinion and, and yeah not great
0: um the it's just so fan servicey isn't it like yeah, here's this character incredibly. that we've and, and made a mistake well we're just gonna chew her in not, here not
1: needed because he because we we joined Dexter. Um, he's called Jim now in this in this world and um he kind of works in a gun shop and is dating the sheriff of this small kind of town and um you know that dynamic is interesting enough i like the sheriff as a new character i really like her and and i like her relationship with dexter um so i was happy enough with that i don't need deb stuff as well um and then we we get dexter kind of basically he has been sober from murders for for over a decade and we we join him as he has a has a blip and and commits a murder um and so it's kind of him doing that and being a bit sloppy and kind of finding he's you know finding that again but then at the same time his uh which is the most interesting part for me is that his son uh harrison um arrives who is now kind of 16 17 Mm-hmm. and was was kind of a toddler when basically Dexter left Miami and sent him to live with his um with with um Harrison's auntie. And yeah, he has tracked Dexter down and found him and so I really enjoy that dynamic between him and Harrison. And so yeah, you have these two really strong relationships I think with Dexter and Dexter is a character that I love. Like we just don't need Deb and and like um I'm I'm hoping that the more this goes on the more more she disappears from it but yeah I'm I'm definitely going to keep watching I'm definitely mm. kind of happy with it and and it's making me a pretty, you know remember why I like Dexter which is which is a lot of good things um
0: yeah, yeah. it's it's a fascinating show like just the whole concept of bringing it back after this long mm. especially because of the whole like say as an outsider I've, yeah, I've never mm. seen it like this you know even game of thrones which again i know has a most people didn't like it but like you know the ending but Mm. it's like with dexter it is you like there isn't anyone i've ever seen where it's like yeah they nailed the ending you know so it's it is interesting to bring it back and almost feel like i i can't see them ever doing more i guess is my point is it feels like this is it where it's like we're bringing it back we're gonna do 10 episodes and that's gonna be it and we just hope that that's a better send-off to the show Mm. Um, is it 10 episodes Yes, yeah, 10 episodes. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. I thought it was a short mini series. Oh, that's good. I'm
0: glad um, you're getting 10. Yeah. So, it, yeah, so it's you, <sighs> you, you're liking it, but not like loving it so far.
1: Yeah, I'm liking it. But, I mean, I'm, I mean, to put it this way, I, you know, episode, as soon as I could watch it, like, realized it was back because I knew that I did, wasn't quite sure of the date, like, I watched it. And then it drops on a Monday and I, you know, Monday evening and I watched it this morning like so i'm i'm pretty you know i'm pretty on board with it you know is is where i'm coming from with that um so yeah like i'm I, I, i'm and i'm happy that there's 10 as well i thought it was a mini series of like five so yeah i'm pretty happy um yeah
0: you'll have to let yeah. us know how it how it sort of gets on later in yeah, the season because obviously this will, will, will probably run until like the new year won't it so
1: yeah um and then yeah just another tv show that i've been watching is uh day of the dead oh nice um so have you watched any of this one
0: no i've not started yet
1: so um so yeah i've watched three episodes right um and like the first episode i i didn't really like if i'm honest like i almost stopped watching it and, and it was only because of um obviously the psycho Gorman kind of um link that i was like oh i just want to see because um i what's the, the director's name
0: uh steve Kostansky.
1: steve kostanski yeah like i knew that he pretty much i think he directs the first four yeah he does yeah um so i was like okay i need to see like more of this because of him really but then ended up growing into it and liking it more and i think with the first episode you're really um just introduced to the characters and you're introduced to these characters and none of like none of them i loved none of them i hated they were all just fine but you do get a hell of a lot of character development with them all, and we find out what they're up to in this world pre-zombie breakout. And like it was, you know, like I say, it was a lot of character development, but not a lot of excitement. And the outbreak kind of happens in epi- you know, at the end of episode one, and then we we we're slowly getting it kind of happen throughout the next episodes. And yeah, like I say, I'm I'm going into it more and more. There's some good zombie stuff i i I like the characters i like to see where they're going i'm a little bit attached to them now um it but it just kind of felt a little bit like oh christ i'm watching another zombie show Mm. um and and there's certainly nothing stand out in this like there's nothing that that is making it like oh because there's a million zombie shows at this point yeah we don't even have to mention walking dead like there's a million that have come out netflix have tried so many and like yeah i don't think this one has has Got anything special thus far um mm. it does have you know it does have some really good visuals and good zombie stuff, but again, we've spoken a lot this year that that's not a high bar really now I don't no. think. like uh, maybe I'm being harsh, but I'm like you know we we see crazy stuff all the time now um, yeah but yeah, like it's you know like i said I mean watching three shows that i'm in I'm in it, uh, it it's it's easy that's mm. the other thing that like you know watching dexter i wanted to give it my full attention i i I can stick dare the dead on and just kind of be doing something else and half half it um because i I just got to look up when zombies do shit basically
0: yeah i haven't that's why i haven't really started yet because i'm like if steve wasn't attached to this Mm. i don't think i'd ever watch it because i'm just not into zombie shows anymore um i will have to watch it for that reason but like unless it really grabs me, I can't see me persevering with it. Um, I will give it a go though.
1: It won't grab you. I don't think.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like to me, it was more just like a thing that he could do that was like, you know, he's a guy who is still pretty young. And so I Mm. think him getting a TV, you know, episodes under his belt is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, and obviously it's one of those projects where like, he's a special effects guy. And so he gets to work on a franchise which is tied to, like, the seminal zombie special effects movie yeah. ever made. Um, still, to this day, like, I think Day of the Dead has the best zombie effects in any film. So it's like, that alone must be the reason why he wanted to do this. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out in the future. Um, and it's funny as well,
1: like, having that name. Mm. Like, the opening credits kind of give you the Dawn of the Dead kind of vibe as well with the with the imagery and stuff. And it's like, it's it's in name alone like it, it really is and like we knew that was the case but it's just yeah you know it's strange isn't it
0: yeah it is um there was one thing that i did watch and then we'll get into chucky um it was a film that i watched over the past week don't have too much to say about it but i did want to just briefly mention it because um i know you're a fan of this one um and i've never seen it until this weekend um but i watched the zodiac um Ooh. which is on which netflix one? uh the the film the uh the David Fincher movie. Right um, the,
1: the the more the, the more modern
0: one, yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, Jake Gillenhall, Robert Downey Jr., um, Mark Ruffalo. Um, yeah. but uh yeah, really liked it. It was like exactly what I thought really. Um, it, it's interesting because like obviously seeing Mind Hunter first and then watching this is an interesting way of doing it because mm-hmm. You know, I've seen Mindhunter and I love it. And um, it's the easiest way to now describe it to you who has seen Zodiac and hasn't seen Mindhunter, of like, yeah, they just made Zodiac into a TV show, basically. <laughs> um, because it's right. the same format. You know, it's the it's them working it out and then interview you know, there's a lot more interviews with the serial killers because obviously mm. a lot of this is interviewing suspects because yeah. obviously they never know who the Zodiac was, and they obviously Present in the movie kind of a guy who they think is the guy. Um, mm. but it's yeah, I really like it, and it is just exactly what I wanted. But it did just remind me like mindhunter is awesome, and like it's the one show that I would recommend for you to watch. Um, yeah, I need knowing, to knowing what you like. It's just it's fantastic, it's so well like directed and acted, and it is just this for like 20 hours rather than two and a half hours of like you want these really in depth looks into these insane, deranged people. Um and it as well david fincher is one of those guys that like i never think of as like oh he's one of my favorite directors but then you look at the movies that he's done, yeah. and it's like... Know, it's mad, like this Seven is fan... and Gone Girl. Yeah, Gone Girl is incredible. Seven, Fight Club, like, I love oh, Panic yeah, Room Fight as well, God, um, yeah. and Zodiac. Like, he's yeah. done so many films that I'm, like, a huge fan of. Like, he's definitely done some stuff that I don't care for, like the social network. Oh, yeah, and... but
1: you look at you look at those movies, like, that's stronger than pretty yeah. much, like... those know, movies, I, almost, I love all of them. Yeah, almost anyone's kind of, um, hmm. you know... Um, because he was he was heavily involved in Mindhunter as well, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he's like the creator. Yeah, not sure when yeah. He directed loads yeah. of episodes. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's another um, thing. Yeah, Mindhunter is like obviously two seasons on Netflix is, was was mm. incredible. So, yeah, I really liked
1: the 2005 Zodiac, like right? Is that one.
0: is that a different film?
1: Yeah, so it's a different film, but it's the same story. But it's called Zodiac or Zodiac Killer or the Zodiac. Right. Or something this one like was that. just
0: called Zodiac, um, the David Fincher one yeah, from 2007. And,
1: yeah and so like because it was weird that they came out like very close to each other Mm. but but i like them both i find the whole zodiac story really fascinating Mm. and i think i think this one leans into the you know it sounds like this was a precursor for mindhunter how it does lead into the interviews and that sort of thing whereas the 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 2005 one kind of shows more of what happens and it's more like when it's happening yeah um and and less of like the the kind of interview and stuff but yeah they're both really good and they they, they both don't step on each other's toes too much either
0: yeah oh yes there's the zodiac is that one the yeah, zodiac, right, yeah. Oh, yeah i've never even seen that one yeah it's strange yeah, it looks like a smaller release because obviously it's not like a, a named director or like any leads, like big stars. Because that was what was so wild about watching this movie, where it was like obviously all all three of the leads are all in the MCU and played major characters, and I know, like it's I know, just it's before the MCU. It's the year before it's Iron Man. Absolutely <laughs> crazy. Um, um, I think
1: the Zodiac has like um, Ethan from Lost in it.
0: Oh, does it? Right, um, and that was
1: like right around the time like he was in Lost because I think. Like I don't know how that movie got on my radar, but like I remember, I watched that movie before Zodiac, the the Robert Downey Jr. one came out. Mm. Um, and and then like this big Zodiac movie came out, I was like, Christ, well I got to watch this one now. <laughs> yeah. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's got Rory colkin in it as well. It's interesting. Right? It? <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch this one as well, but I'll have to see in the future. Um. But, but yeah
1: Rory must be well young
0: I no i was thinking that <laughs> he's like he must have been a child right yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah we we need, we need to talk about some chucky Let's do it. um Let's do it. so yeah full spoiler alert because uh, that's normally how we do tv anyway and mm-hmm. it's it's going to be impossible to talk about it without spoiler in it so yeah. hopefully uh, this is episode five because yeah. uh, we're always kind of you know the and the new episode will be airing later t- this evening um mm so yeah hopefully you know you've seen episode five by now or if you're gonna watch it uh first of all i'd highly recommend you watch it if you're a chucky fan uh because the show has been fantastic anyway but like episode five was the moment we've all been waiting for um for me pretty much since 2017's cult of chucky um getting that ending getting the kind of the way they just broke the universe with multiple um charles lee ray's souls kind of divided amongst multiple chucky dolls and now inhabiting humans um obviously in the form of nika pierce played by the wonderful fiona dorf and yeah we get to see some of those faces in this episode um obviously most notably fiona and jennifer
1: yeah i kind of like shit my pants when it happened because they proper trolled me
0: because
1: Mm. obviously we get you get the flashbacks uh, yeah, as well. Yeah, we get the continuation of our story. And then we get the flashback of kind of Charles Lee Ray meeting Tiff for the first time. And, mm. like, as soon as that scene happened, I knew we were meeting Tiff. Like, <laughs> I, I, I knew it in the flashback. And I, I was happy with how it went down. It was great. Like, the, her voice was just outrageous, but I loved it. And, like, um, it was really cool. And then, then we got, like, I don't know why but i didn't see the because I, I watched the opening again of that scene where ba- where it flashes up and says present day and i just mm. di- didn't see it the first time right so when we get um nika and, and tiff on the bed together i i was like oh we got another flashback and i'm like have they flashback? so we now get jennifer tilly and then i was like hang on that's nika i was like whoa sh- we're, we're in whoa we're, we're getting Colt chucky continuation here now <laughs> and like it just it really threw me um, mm. but it 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 also is really strange because this show has been so adjacent to it, and, and we spoke mm. about it literally last week, where we were saying like, you know, there's a lot of baggage that comes with showing Nika and Tiff, and what that means, and like, how do they do that in a TV world? Mm. And if if anyone's watching this as a TV show, like. They would have just lost their minds watching this. They would have had no clue what happened.
0: Like, yeah. they, they
1: do give you an info dump on it with Nico. Yeah, and they do it, show they, you
0: stuff as well, which was cool. Because like, I wondered do. if they'd be able to show... Like, they straight up yeah. show you like stuff from Curse and Cult of Chucky, which they do, is, which is, is awesome. which is
1: funny, but it was like... It, it, I think it was almost too late at that point because it would have been super confusing, but I don't care because hmm. I'm watching this as a Chucky fan. But like I do think that is strange that like they've been so calm... For like four and a half episodes and then suddenly they just go bosh. Here here is act one of you know, the 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 sequel to Cult of Chucky. Um but yeah, like it it was awesome. Like I absolutely love seeing them. Um you know, seeing what they're up to and getting a little bit of glimpse glimpse into that and like it's just left me so hungry for more.
0: Yeah, I, I loved it. I, I to be Ooh. honest, I think what they've done and I can't wait kind of you know, to look back on this whole season. But I think it's really clever because we said time and time again, you can't just start this show and have it equal footing where oh. it's like yeah there's multiple Chucky's and here's Andy and here's Jennifer and here's, like it wouldn't make any sense unless you were a big hardcore fan so I think just stripping it back you know the show starts with just a Chucky doll being found at a yard sale and then you're introduced to all the new characters from there so that's like the easiest concept if you know anything about Chucky you just know it's a killer doll and that's all you need to know um, and you can enjoy it up until this point and then yeah this was obviously presented as a side story like you know the whole episode was still about jake um and a lot of stuff going on with jake that was important you know they kind of are introducing new elements to the audience who might not have expected it where you know you think chucky's dead but then he's kind of like transferred his soul into the soul into this other doll um which you know for us is kind of like you see you see it coming a mile away but obviously i think for a tv audience they might be like oh okay that's a rule that he can do so they are like slowly giving more to the audience um but uh i loved it all so with the flashback stuff Mm. what is like incredible is do, do you know who was playing young charles lee ray in those sequences it i don't know no it's fiona
1: is it fiona
0: yeah, it's Fiona with like a Jesus very Christ. slightly like, um, you know, makeup use to Crazy. give her like more of a jawline. But it's like when, you, cause obviously the, 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 the voices are dubbed, which is a little bit, you yeah. know, jarring. But like, yeah, I was watching it and I was like, man, they did a really good job. Like this person really looks like, you know, a young Brad and Mm. then kind of hearing about it after the fact and i actually rewatched the episode all these sequences again afterwards because i was like oh my god that is fucking crazy crazy. that like it's fiona playing the and and obviously that's before you're introduced to like present day nika as well
1: yeah
0: that's so Um, crazy so yeah all that stuff was just she's so incredible um Mm.
1: as well like the whole um scene with her because we we get reintroduced to, to nika as you know she, she breaks. Yeah, we
0: see her for a second yeah, yeah
1: and like that's awesome and like because obviously like the whole cult of chucky when when she kind of turns and there's that kind of her jolt up from the chair was such mm. like a, a strong moment and then kind of like for her to kind of collapse in this episode was equally as strong and it's just kind of like it's a real it's a real interesting parallel as to how we can um uh see you know figure out which version we've got and also it's kind of it just sucks so much for nika because she's trapped in her own mind when her body's moving around and then when her mind is free her body can't move like what what sort of fuckery is that yeah like for her as a character so like it's and and it's just really you know clever and, and and like it was done very well in this episode and i just feel like it will continue to be done well um, yeah,
0: because that's something that we never even knew was, like, going to be a thing. You know, we just yeah, kind of assumed that, like, gone. I mean, it's great seeing Fiona be this kind of, like, like embodiment of the character of Chucky, which yeah. is great. And she does such a good job. I love the voice and everything. Oh, god, I laugh. Yeah, but, like, yeah, that moment is brutal, because she's, like, suddenly talking to this victim and trying to save him, and then the second she's switched back, you know, she murders that person, Mm -hmm. and and it's, like, that's cool, and obviously Jennifer is just incredible, like every time she's on screen it's just so captivating she's just absolutely fantastic and i can't wait to see like my only disappointment is is only three more episodes um because like i just i cannot wait like i still love all the modern day stuff as well with jake and everything so it's like i'm i'm so invested in this show at this point where i'm really thoroughly enjoying it like i think it's we said before where I know critically this isn't as good as how I feel about it. Whereas, like, I think critically it's good, for sure. It's not, like, amazing by any stretch of the imagination. But, like, my enjoyment levels couldn't be really much higher for, like, Chucky on TV. Um, And it's, yeah, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Um,
1: You know, it's just continuing to deliver. I think that's the thing that, like, if you you know, if you've loved the franchise for as long as we have and seen as many movies, like, yeah, of course there's not great moments in it. You know, is Seed of Chucky, like, a movie that I'm going to watch all the time? But, like, consistently how much we've liked that franchise and how
0: much it's gone on, like... You did also just, just pick the only bad child's play movie there. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that, that was the point. Like, yeah, No, but, like, the, that is literally
0: the, the only bad one, so you, it's, like, the rest are all great.
1: Yeah but even yeah but my whole point is that even at the lowest like Mm. it's still enjoyable and it's still something that i want to continue and see it continue and i think with this like yeah it's not like you know uh on on a par with midnight mass for like you know quality or anything like that but it's just a a continuation of this great story and it's it's a really good continuation of it yeah Mm -hmm. and and like and i enjoy that it's becoming more and more for the chucky fan yeah i think it has been a sleeping kind of you know um question that has been burning more and more and i think kind of now we've had this payoff it's like great because yeah i think like i said i think they have introduced it in a way that was fast and i think it might confuse people but they can catch up and like for us like it's deserved and that payoff is is what we needed and it's what we've got
0: I just pray that this gets a season two because mm. I feel like that would be fantastic for like the format of the show where they could really the wheels would just completely come off. And I feel like they would have less fear of scaring away new viewers at that point And they would really just go all in and kind of reintroduce all of the stuff we love and have all this modern stuff as well. Like, yeah, mm. it's. I really really hope it is because if this is it and it's like because there's so much to get through in three episodes Um, and so I'm I'm gonna I'm hopefully gonna love it regardless but yeah I I pray that this is successful enough to get a season two because who knows in this day and age like it's so impossible with TV. Um, especially not on a streaming platform, you know, like an original for a streaming platform. It's on one of the more traditional, you know, it's a cable channel. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's sci-fi and USA network, which is cool that it's on both, especially USA, because I I to my knowledge, that's a very big channel. But like you know, will they pull the you know, will they immediately pull the plug or will they keep it going? Like that was always the thing with Ash vs. Evil Dead. Like it was mind blowing that we got three seasons. Yeah, like truly mind blowing. Absolutely. Crazy. Um you know, we never should have got more than a season and we got three and they were all incredible. So um I hoped like I would take that in a heartbeat tomorrow. Well, that's If the thing, they were like, like You could have three seasons of Chucky, I'd bite your hand off for that right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like Ash vs. Evil Dead is like the the benchmark of like this fan service project that and and like how the hell that got a second season and then a mm. third just blows my mind and like <laughs> like this is such a more clever way to do it.
0: Mm.
1: You know, Ash vs Evil did just went balls to the wall straight away. Yeah, but like this was yeah such a clever way and such a deserved kind of yeah you know we saw with the Mark Hamill kind of reboot that that. You know, Chucky and Child's Play is something that people like, you know, and, and can do well. And I think, you know, he is synonymous with almost everyone. You know, if you see that Chucky doll, most people know what it is, you know, mm-hmm. that are uh, somewhat aware of horror movies. So I think this show will attract people for that reason. And then the fact that the first few episodes have kind of, you know, not gone crazy. And now it's a case of, yeah, guess what? There's There's been more movies since Child's Play, one. Like you can go back and watch them now and catch up if you want and figure out who Nika is.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, I hope people are watching it. I hope people are enjoying it as much as we are. Like I'm already looking forward to watching it again this week. Why? Um, why
1: is Jennifer Tilly just not in more things?
0: I know. I I really don't get it. I, like I mean,
1: I'm glad at least we're seeing Fiona in things. Mm, but like, why? Both why of them. James yeah. When you really see him and stuff, in, you're like, they're so like, incredible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, who knows? But at least we get to enjoy them in this show. Hopefully, hopefully Mm. they'll be in it a lot more in the next three episodes. Um, I hope so.
1: I hope hope it I hope it kind of switches. Yeah,
0: well, we've you know, for the Jake stuff's been fantastic, but it does feel like it's in the if it was a movie, it's in the finale. Yeah. You know, he's kind of there's not
1: three episodes of it.
0: Yeah, he's kind of progressed to as far as he can with Devon. Him and Lexi have kind of squashed their rivalry at this point, it seems like. And so it's kind of like the three of them together trying to overcome, you know, Chucky. So, like, that's pretty much it as far as that storyline goes. There's obviously a few more things. There's, like, the mum who's a bit of a strange character. She's, like, got cancer but not telling people. And that's kind of like a storyline that i'm yeah. not too engaged with it's a bit odd because it, it was set up in episode one wasn't it when chucky was like you have a big secret yeah. and and then we kind of found out about that in the last one and i'm like okay that's i don't really know where they're going with this mm. um and yeah. especially with, with Devon sour as well because we had like him as like the douchebag brother who obviously died yeah. in the first one and then like this character is basically becoming a douchebag as well <laughs> um who like the wife kind of wants to break up with but hasn't really got the guts to have that conversation yet it's yeah there's 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 some stuff going on but i'm just not as invested in it i guess
1: no i i feel like that's coming to an end and especially now we've got like what we wanted from this Mm. show like yeah i i kind of hope that it would be cool if they rocked up like uh, i'd like it if nika and tiff just like uh um rocked up and just wrecked everyone <laughs>
0: yeah at the school <laughs> yeah
1: and just took the doll and was like there's that little sucker and I'm like got
0: it well especially because what the final kill was like was it the principal got like beheaded yeah, just, like, in the school yeah, yeah so like everyone has seen this like brutal murder at this point obviously people yeah. still don't know it's chucky but they, they they would probably assume that there's like some crazed killer going on so it definitely mm. changes the dynamic of things yeah um yeah, I, as we as you can tell by how much we want to talk about it, like the show is fantastic. Like, <laughs> yeah, considering that was a thirty-minute episode that we wanted to speak about more than demonic. Like... <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> yeah. um, percent. But yeah, that is it for this week. Uh, in the coming weeks, obviously, the next big movie is Resident Evil, oh, um, yeah, which is a couple of weeks away. So we've got a couple of weeks to well, film for. Then you say that mm. there's a juggernaut that comes out next week. <laughs> oh god see we're not even thinking about the same thing i thought he was actually excited for black friday then
1: i'm i'm excited for ghostbusters man
0: yeah you can be excited for your little ghostbusters your little okay. your little your little kids film yeah i will be i will be and it'll be great <laughs> i'll heavy, enjoy right? it no matter how, no matter how bad it is i'll enjoy it that's what I'm i kept telling that. myself before spiral mate that's exactly what i'm telling myself Look, i'm, I'm
1: you know, like the seven stages. Mm. I I genuinely believed this movie would be a banger at mm. one point. Yeah. I then thought it was going to be bad. I then thought it was going to be enjoyable. And now I'm to the point that I'm literally like, I'm going to enjoy this, whatever, whatever happens. I'm like <laughs> seeing a Ghostbusters logo, seeing the Ecto-1, like all of those things are just going to make me happy. Like, I'm just going to focus on that. Yeah, they were all great like, in the last film. One. Go- yeah, yeah, I love Ghostbusters too. Like that's, people, people don't like that movie. I don't hmm. know why.
0: I, I, really I feel like, like we covered. I need to look it up. I'm sure we covered a movie called Ghostbusters around 2016. We will be. Um. I'm sure we did. I'll have to look it up. People people will know, people out there. Um, nah, but yeah, you know, we was. <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't, thank God. Um, but uh, yeah, Black Friday, though, is just around the corner. So mm. it's a bit of an awkward one with the release date because apparently it's like cinema on the 19th and on demand on the 23rd which is obviously next Tuesday when we normally record the podcast. So yeah, we'll have to figure it. out like when it's actually out and if we can get our hands on it and watch it, because I really do want to watch it. Um, otherwise, it will just be the week after. And there's always Wes Craven. Like That's the whole reason why we started that series, was if things are looking a bit rough, there's always Wes Craven, especially because uh, we've got an absolute gem to talk about next up. So plenty of stuff on the horizon but yeah Resident Evil is like the last big movie of the year which I'm very much looking forward to Um, speaking of movies that probably aren't going to be great but hopefully I'll enjoy (laughs) Um, yeah I feel the same about that one
1: I'm (laughs) I'm gonna gonna pretty much enjoy it no matter what
0: I hope so I hope so Um, but yeah that was episode number 274 where we discussed Demonic Uh, thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone
1: Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could I start that?